welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. I'm wicked excited because uh, yesterday I tried to record three different friggin' episodes and I had zero completion. <laughs> it was like uh, a nightmare of epic proportions of electronic dysfunction up in the podcast closet, in the KK closet. So I'm just wicked excited to be here today. Episode uh, 18 of the Karen Gibby Show. <laughs> and we're going to talk today, you guys, about this. So I did a post about this on the, uh, the Instagram <laughs> a while back. Um, and it came from um, a workshop, a little talk that I did at my friend Amber's uh, retreat a few weeks ago in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. <laughs> and she had me come in to talk to some of her uh, high-end mastermind clients in her inner circle. And uh, so I got in there and I was talking to them and this is something that popped up and I thought it was worth sharing because uh, I know how wicked helpful it has been in uh, my life to start to change my mind about this. So here's today's title, okay? You've got to own your brilliance and your bullshit, <laughs> okay? You got to own both your brilliance and your bullshit. Because here's the thing. If you want to grow in your life, if you want to grow in your relationships, if you want to grow in your business, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to be willing to take a fearless look in the soul mirror. You got to take a look at both the places where you make yourself a little too self-important and special <laughs> or where you're denying to take responsibility for how you feel and what you've done. And we've also have got to finally claim and accept, like, uh, like receive who we really are. As children of God. So we're going to kind of talk about this. So you want to be more happy in your life. You want to be more peaceful in your life, which of course in miracles tells us that both happiness and peace are our, it's hard to say those words back to back for me. Of course in miracles tells us that happiness and peace are our natural inheritance. So if we're not feeling happy, if we're not feeling peaceful. We know we've taken a detour into fear and we have to boop, change your mind. We got to change our mind, change our story so we have a new experience. So here's the thing. You got to be prepared to own both of these suckers, your brilliance and your bullshit. And so here's the thing. Uh, today's going to be a quick one. I just want to get in and get out because this podcast closet is hot as shit because it's, we're starting starting to pretend like New Hampshire's having a summer <laughs> and it's a little humid. If you're watching this on the YouTube, you can see like I have wicked straight, naturally straight, stick straight hair 
And even I look like I have puffy, fluffy hair right now because of the humidity in this closet. So I'm going to make this one quick. But here's the thing. I really wanted to talk about this. So this is what I always tell my uh, spiritual mentoring clients. I always say to them, look, yes, of course, you are a perfect child of God. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. There's no denying it. You were made by God as an extension of God and the love that he is. You are a perfect child of God, no doubt about it. And your fucking ego personality could use a little work. Some of the choices that you've made <laughs> and the situations you've created could use a little work. So we're going to take a look at that. And here's the thing. We live in a world of duality. So both Course in Miracles and yoga and Vedanta, these other things, right? They, they are all about non-duality, non-dual. Think about this. Let's break it down. Non-dual, not two. So they are thought systems and spiritual thought systems based on perfect oneness, the awareness, which is what A Course in Miracles says heaven is. Heaven's not a place, right? Heaven's not a place we go to if we follow all the fucking rules and we're good, <laughs> right? Heaven's not even necessarily a state of mind so much as it is the awareness of perfect oneness, okay? So we live in a world that does not practice that. We live in a world of duality. Well, think about it. Everything here is like born dead, tall, short, fat, skinny, gay, straight, black, white, uh, like, you know, easy, hard, like everything has labels. Everything is about separation. So we live in a world of duality, which is why we don't often experience perfect oneness, which is why we actually suffer so much because we see ourselves as separate from our source. And whether you call that God or highest self or love, or goodness, or spirit, or universe, or each other, whatever the thing is, right? We suffer because we see ourselves as separate. And so uh, as long as we're hanging out here in a world of duality, we're going to vacillate, as I would say, between these two concepts of thinking we're either really brilliant and buying the bullshit, buying, I, I'm not going to use the word bullshit there, although I would like to. You, we, we buy into this concept of brilliance, which is we accept the truth of ourselves. And then sometimes, most of the time, almost all the time, right? We're bumping up against our own, our own bullshit. So I'm going to kind of break this down a little bit and, and what this really means to me. So when I use the word like own your brilliance, what I'm saying about that is we have to kind of accept the truth of ourselves, of who we are, of what we are, and to whom we truly belong, right? So this is the brilliance part. And I'm not specifically just talking about like you're brilliant, meaning you're talented or you have gifts. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm just saying, right, when I'm talking about in this case, I'm using these words to communicate, right, brilliance. I'm talking about the truth of who you are as one of God's perfect kids. Yeah, you are a perfect child of God. In reality, capital I reality, not small I reality here in the world, right? Like capital I reality, who you are as a perfect child of God, as an extension of love itself. That is fucking on point, dude. No mistakes, total perfection, right? But we have created a world in which we believe that we're separate. So we're often kind of bumping up against the bullshit of the ego. So there's really these two components that are happening, which is A, your brilliance as a spiritual being, and then B, your bullshit as the belief that you actually have a body <laughs> and that you are the ego. Okay. So the truth of who you really are is really one of God's kids. You are perfect love. <laughs> and, uh, and in Lesson 61 of A Course in Miracles, it tells us this. You are the light of the world, right? You are the light of the world. 
I am the light of the world. And I laugh so hard about this. And I talked about this at the event that I was at because we don't like to claim our brilliance. We don't want to walk around claiming our brilliance because a lot of us were raised in environments where it was like, it was like, you're kind of a dick. Like if I, if I was to walk around saying, um, I'm the light of the world, like we don't really want to do that because we think it makes us sound like a dick, especially if you're from the East Coast. Because here's one of the things I can tell you about East Coast kids, right? Um, and while they will be loyal for life, while they will often be loyal for life, and like I always say, New England is a kind of hat. New England is a hat on each other, <laughs> right? We're pretty tough on each other and especially outsiders but we can be loyal for life. But there's also a quality that often happens, especially in communities or cultures that are very tight knit, where everybody knows each other for their whole lives. That if somebody decides to leave, if somebody decides to go outside the norm, that culture can kind of see it as being abandoned. And if you here uh, who are listening right now, are from Massachusetts, the mass holes, you'll definitely, probably, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. Um, maybe some of you other New Englanders. So you can, <clears throat> excuse me, do a little double amen hands for me at home. I'm holding mine up if you know and can appreciate what I'm about to say. If you have heard this at some point in your life, somebody leaves and they get out. They get out of the city. They get out of the town. They start making some good money. They start doing something fancy, right? And everybody, gets, everybody starts to get like this attitude. What do you think? You're too fucking good for us now too fucking good for us now, kid, getting a little big for your britches there, kid, right? And I remember this because my own grandmother said this to me. My grandmother's situations, ah, another story for another day, but one of my grandmothers pretty much hated me. <laughs> she, she didn't talk to me for many years, right up to the end of her life, not despite my trying, despite my trying to get the woman to have a conversation with me. But what's so great is that she literally said that to me one day, you think you're better than everybody else now. And I was like, whoa, right? So there's this fear of if I shine a little too bright, other people aren't going to like me. If I accept that I'm an extension of the divine, and we're going to talk about this whole light of the world thing in a second, then I'm afraid that I'm going to now be outcast, that my own community, my people, whether you, some of you call it your tribe, but I call it my people, right? They don't like you getting too fancy pants on them. <laughs> and they think, who do you think you are, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, I got to take some water. Hold on. Okay, so we're a little afraid to shine too bright. And if you all remember, like, so Marianne Williamson, who is my beloved friend and my spiritual godmother, um, she has a famous quote, right? Our deepest fear, it's in her book, A Return to Love. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that basically, I'm paraphrasing, that basically scares us. It scares the shit out of us, right? Because we actually have this thought, well, who am I to be gorgeous or talented or fabulous. And she goes on to say, well, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Like there's nothing enlightened about playing small. And that influence really, that inspiration for that quote totally comes from A Course in Miracles. And I'm gonna read a couple of passages from that um, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And then I'll follow up with something else Marianne said that I thought was really powerful. So I'm just doing some basic laying down of stuff here, right, okay? We're afraid to accept our brilliance not only because of we think it sounds arrogant, douchey, or dickish. We're afraid of what the people around us might say if we shine a little too bright. And I always say, let them get some sunglasses. Let them deal with it if your light's a little too bright. You know what I mean? Because you've been given an assignment from God. You've been given an assignment from the divine in the universe. You have what A Course in Miracles calls your individual curriculum. 
So you can't not accept the curriculum. I'm trying to think of what it was. There used to be a game show or some sort of a show where they would say to them, do you accept the challenge? <laughs> and I'm always like, take the challenge, take the challenge, right? Because I know who you are. I know where you come from and who you come from. And I know what you're capable of. So I'm always like, man, we can meet this, right? Whatever life brings to our door. I know who you are. You are the light of the world. Like we can handle this, right? So we're not going to not accept our assignment because we're afraid that other people are going to think we're uppity. What are you, like an uppity bitch, right? Because you think you're better than? It's like, no, I am just following through on the divine assignment that I have been given, okay? So that's number one. Um, number two, the bullshit of the ego. So here's what I always say about the ego. Uh, the ego doesn't really want you to take radical responsibility. Oh, and here's the other thing too. Let me circle back. Boop, rewind. Here's the other thing about our brilliance. Um, I have my, uh, for those of you who are watching, you can see I have my stop playing dumb. Um, it's really basically a, t well, <laughs> I have tank tops now, but I hacked the sleeves off of everything. So this is one of my modified tank tops homemade <laughs> that I hacked the sleeves off. So I got my stop playing dumb t-shirt on and this is part of it. Stop playing dumb about who you really are. And the reason why we don't want to play smart about who we are, the reason why we don't want to, um, stop the, uh, what I call willful ignorance about who we really are. Because if we were to accept our brilliance, if we were to accept that we are the fucking light of the world, we would be shit out of excuses. We couldn't play small anymore. We couldn't be a victim anymore. We couldn't blame other people anymore. We couldn't shame ourselves anymore. We would have to put on the big girl panties, the big girl pants and the big boy pants and step into the truth and the fullness of our genius, right? And we would have to claim it. And if we do that, there's no going back. There's no being lazy. There's no being distracted or focused or claiming confusion. Like once you accept it, game on, brothers and sisters. We got to go. There's a train to catch. Get on it. It's the love train. You know what I'm saying? Choo-choo. <laughs> so you got to do it. All right. Now, the ego, the ego is just full of shit. But here's one of the powerful things to know about the ego. This is a little tip. Here's a little tip, a little KK-friendly tip for you. The ego only has power because you give it to it. The ego in its insane thought system of fear, jealousy, rage, smallness, competition, scarcity, death, sin, sickness, all that shit only exists because you've given it power. I mean, we all have. I'm not just saying you like you, like you're the only problem. I'm just saying all of us. As soon as we think that we're a body and not spirit, as soon as, as soon as we deflect the truth of that idea that we're an extension of the divine itself and that we could somehow have a tiny mad idea that we're separate from God, as soon as we do that and we think we actually have a body and we become embodied um, and we believe we're separate, we're screwed. We're already in the ego soup. We've already been chopped up and diced up into little dismembered pieces. We've been dismembered about the truth of ourselves. We've been dismembered from the wholeness about who we really are, that perfect oneness. And as soon as we buy into that, we're screwed. So our job is to remember, put back together the wholeness, the holiness of ourselves, right? That's part of it. But so much of this world, remember, it's a world of duality, which is totally against what all the spiritual thought systems tell us, which is we are one with God. So now here we are living in this world of duality, drinking the fucking Kool-Aid of the ego, thinking that we're separate, um, thinking that we're these bodies. And once we do that, we have a lot of shame and we have a lot of guilt. 
And we don't want to have to accept that the way that we feel and the way things are turning out, not when we're little kids. I always say this, like when we're little kids, we are in this physical world of illusion at the mercy of people bigger than us, stronger than us, who have the power of the money, all that stuff. Once we hit a certain age, though, when we can start to think for ourselves, we can start to put two and two together. When we can start to, hey, you know, read a book or read a newspaper or start to go to the library and educate yourself, do some research. You know what I'm saying? You know, screw all this fake news stuff. Go out and find out for yourself through direct experience. Um, but at some point, we have to take a look at, you know, the ways that we have been thinking because your thoughts are what create your whole world. You literally become what you think about and what you think upon. Your thoughts are what create your reality. The world is simply an outward reflection of an inward condition. So the quality of your mind, how you think, that is the cause. The world is the effect. So the quality of your thoughts will create the quality of your experience here in this classroom. Okay? So the ego is like <clears throat> going to resist the fact that in order for you to be happy and peaceful, you need to take radical responsibility for your happiness and for your peace and for your choices and for your past and the things that you've done or haven't done or said or didn't say with who to who. That's where your freedom lies, you guys, is accepting that it's all up to you, right? We can't change what the world does. So many times we cannot change what happens here, but we can totally change our minds about how we think about what happens here. And that's where there's so much power. So I was so relieved when I finally learned from Marianne's book, A Return to Love, which led me to A Course in Miracles, right? I was so relieved when I found out that my suffering was my choice. My happiness was my choice. My peace of mind, my inner peace was my choice. And that I didn't have to do it all on my own. I could cultivate a relationship consciously with my inner teacher. And whether you call that Jesus or spirit, and I help people by calling it a spiritual team, more on that another time, right? That's where we, we get to stand with some steadiness so we can face ourselves and our choices and our behaviors because we've got to own the bullshit. And sometimes we have blind spots to our own bullshit. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we have some people in our life, right? That's what I do as part, part of my gig, part of my job as a spiritual mentor is to compassionately, compassionately reflect back some of the bullshit. Like I, with my clients, I'm like, mm, it's PU, PU. I'm stuffing my nose. I hold my nose. PU, something stinks in here. There's a little bullshit on the bottom of your shoe. And, uh, you know, we got to clean it up or the whole house is going to start to stink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we got to take a look at the bullshit. And so one of the things that the ego does is um, it refuses, right? It likes to blame everybody else for its problems. And of course, the miracles would say, guys, well, there's really only one problem. And that is you believe you're separate from your source, that you believe that you're separate from God, that you buy into the ego's thought system of fear, right? So the ego's going to try to come at you in a lot of different ways. It doesn't want you to own your bullshit because if you start to get clear and you start to get uh, compassionate towards yourself and you start to get some uh, courage to make change right? You know what I'm saying? You start to get in alignment and have some connection with your spiritual team. Things are going to change. And it doesn't want you to do that. 
So it's so much easier to project your suffering right out onto other people and say, you make me feel this way. You made me do this. I'm like this because of my parents. I'm like this because my mother died. I'm like this because I was raped or molested. I'm like this because I was born into this echo, echo, economic, sorry, woo, economic situation right? We like to look out there. And I'm not saying, trust me, I know that systems of oppression and systems of racism and systems of um, privilege exist. I'm not turning a blind eye to what appears to be happening here in this uh, world of duality and the illusion. I'm very clear about that. I'm not saying deny that. But what I'm saying is we have to take radical responsibility for how we perceive ourselves, how we self-identify, are we going to get in line and buy tickets to fucking chug and drink the Kool-Aid that we are like separate from God, that we are ego, that we're these bodies? Or are we going to finally stand in the light, in the truth of who we are, in our brilliance of knowing that we are an extension of the divine itself? Because here's what the ego will do. This is what's so fascinating. So all the ego really cares about. So think about it. If we're all in perfect oneness, Right? So what A Course in Miracles tells us is that we've never actually left the divine, that we are in heaven where all is one and all is eternal. We never really left. We're having this kind of experience here, believing that we've left in the world. Okay, And so if we had maintained the idea of perfect oneness, there'd be no competition. There'd be no competing. There'd be no lack. There'd be no need for anything other than the divine's love, God's love, right? We would be totally satiated. That would be the experience of heaven. But we're down here a lot of the times having the experience of hell, self-created, ego-made hell. But all the ego wants to do here, because, because we're not in a state of perfect oneness, we're down here in a state of separation with a bunch of quote-unquote individuals, right? It appears that way, that we're a bunch of different people in different bodies, and we're all hustling, we're all competing and comparing, we all got to get our social media on to get noticed and to get friends and followers and fame and fortune and look at me and oh my God, and I'm so special. And that's the key word right there, special. The ego loves to make you special and it will make you special either through, I always say this, either through arrogance, right? The ego will try to say to you through arrogance, I'm better than you. I'm going to feel better about myself by tearing my brother or sister down, by judging them, by attacking them, AKA, as A Course in Miracles would say, by quote unquote murdering them. I'm going to make them beneath me. Because look at my fancy house and look at my fancy job and look at my fancy car and look at my bank account and look at everything that I have and everything I've curated and everything that I've created and made and look how special I am. Look at my brand and look at how many followers, right? It's just so bullshit. It's like full of bullshit. I just laugh and laugh and laugh at how much people drink their own Kool-Aid about what they think is going on here, right? So the ego will try to make you... Um, better than, superior. That's one way of making you, quote unquote, in your own mind and the own little drama in after school special that you've created and written in your head that you're starring in, that you're special. It will do it through betterment. I am better than you, right? Arrogance. But it will also, you guys, try to make you, quote unquote, special through smallness, through poor me, through victimization, through you don't know what it's like to, you don't know what happened, 
if you knew what happened. Uh, 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 uh. So what I mean by this is I actually hear people say, I'll say this to my clients all the time. Um, Cause here's, here's the thing that I know to be true. When the ego is out of control and you have chosen the ego as your teacher instead of Holy Spirit or spirit or your spiritual team or whatever, or Jesus, whatever you, whatever word you like to use, right? When you choose the ego as your inner teacher, like you, you are just, you are just setting yourself up for a hellish experience here in the big classroom. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. Um, it will try to make you special through thinking that you're extra fucked up, that you are super screwed up. Right. So I see it a lot in clients who have a lack of self-love, lack of self-worth. Right. They, they do not see themselves as value. They perceive themselves as being not valuable. And the sad thing is it's also often conditioning or programming that came through from our earliest caretakers. And whether that was your biological parents, your adoptive parents, the people in foster care, um, your siblings, whoever looked after you, maybe you had parents who were addicted, who were there in the body, but not in the mind and spirit, right? Like whoever first looked after you and started to reflect back to you who you were in this world, right? Because nobody's telling us usually, nobody's usually telling us, what was that movie? Was it The Life of Beat? No, what was that movie? Maybe it was The Help. Do you remember that movie? And um, the, the woman who care took the children would say to that little baby every day, you are as kind, you as good, you as beautiful. It's not like a lot of us got that all the time as little beings. So we started to believe the criticism. We started to believe the attacks. We started to believe the meanness. We started to believe the otherness that other people tried to inflict on us. And when somebody more powerful than you or bigger than you who's supposed to care for you that you look up to starts to talk to you as if these things about you are the truth. We make it the gospel truth because we're too young and too little to know better. So I know so many quote unquote adults, which I always just often call wounded children in big bodies, uh, walking around believing that they are not valuable. They would never see themselves as the light of the world. They would laugh hysterically if I was to say that to them. And so this is what the ego does is it will make you special through bigness and arrogance and false things of this world that you think are actually important, which like just make me laugh. And I don't say that in a mean way. It's just like once you start to get clear about what's really important and what's really true, it's just like, oh yeah, who actually cares? Right? There's a great meme that I love. Um, and it's a little cartoon and it's a picture of Jesus. <laughs> And he's holding a phone and he's looking at his phone on social media and he's on Twitter or whatever it was. And he says, Ooh, 12 followers. Awesome. <laughs> I just think that is the funniest thing ever. If you get it, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah, what if we could just be happy with, I have these 12 people, just these 12 people who follow and they dig me and I love them and I have a little community, right? Why, why do we actually assume that you're more important because the number gets bigger? right? The only place where we don't do that is with our bodies. We're like, oh, the number gets bigger on the scale. Our worth gets lower. It's like so fucked up this system. There's no winning here. There's no winning here. But wait, let me make my point. I'm sorry. And we're back. So here's the whole thing. And we'll try to make you less than. So I often play this game with my clients when they're doing the whole, I'm not worthy. We're not worthy. Right? They're, pulling, they're pulling that whole thing. We're not worthy. Uh, and I'll say to them, okay, so especially if they have a pet or children or nieces or nephews or whatever that I already know they love. I'll go, okay, so um, is your dog worthy of love? And they're like, yes, of course. 
And I'm like, is your little niece or nephew worthy of love? Yes. Is your kid worthy of love? Yes. Your husband, your sweetie, your partner, your lover, whoever. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, is this person worthy of love? Yes. And I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. So like everybody and everything around you is worthy of love except for you. Like you're just the big piece of shit that God blew. Like God made the mistake on you. Like you came off the assembly line like defective or missing parts or like you're not right. And when they hear me say that, they just start to laugh because they get how ludicrous it is, how insane it is, right? So we've got to own part of our bullshit is that we don't accept our brilliance. We will not receive the goodness and the truth and the love and the wholeness and the holiness and the happiness of who we really are. And as long as we believe that we are not whole or holy, that we are not God's kids, we will be fragmented. We will feel other. We will feel left out. We will feel small. And we'll be identifying ourselves by all our behaviors and choices of the past and our thinking. And that's why we really have to do the work in cleaning that up. And we really have to get clear about which emotion, which thought system, which teacher we are serving. And we'll talk about that on, um, I think my next episode is going to be on that, choosing love over fear and these two emotions and these two teachers. And like, what are we choosing? Because it's wicked important. But right now, right, we're talking about how the ego will try to make you special either through arrogance, falsity, which is I'm better than you, or will try to make you feel special like I'm a piece of shit and smallness, right? I'm less than you. And neither one of them are correct. Course in Miracles basically says like everybody's special and nobody's special. And we can see in our culture right now the desire to make everybody special when every fucking kid gets a, gets a trophy. Every kid gets a blue ribbon. I'm like, for what? For sitting on the bench? Like, I just think it's insane. I get it, parents. You don't want your kid to feel bad. But if they didn't play in the game, how can they actually win? If they don't have a chance to fall down and scrape their knee and strike out at the plate and learn that they have an inner resiliency of their own, that God is within them and they have the strength and the light of the world and they don't need you protecting them from every single little thing, how are they ever going to go out into the world and know who they are and what they're capable of if you keep shielding them from the truth of who they are with your helicopter bulldozing bullshit? And I say this with great love, and I know that I am not a parent with human kids, but I can tell you I am an auntie, and I am an observer of the human condition, and I am a spiritual mentor, and I see as I meet younger people sometimes how they do not feel equipped to face what life is going to be like out there once they get out under the umbrella of being protected all the time. Like in that Stephen King book, right? Under the dome. That's how I think about it sometimes. A lot of these kids are growing up under the dome, thinking that like this is good enough. Like, oh, I didn't play. I didn't participate. I sat on the bench and my mom brought orange slices and I got a trophy. We won. And I think it's great if your kids want to participate in a community of some sort. But you guys, we got to let them discover their brilliance. And we've got to let them discover their bullshit. Both are important here. But the bullshit is only important here in this reflective world because it's giving you a chance to recognize what you are not. And our job as teachers, as mentors, as coaches, as parents or priests or whoever is in a position of kind of trying to help and point along the way 
is to remind them, to remember them of the truth of who they really are, which is their brilliance. So I want to just share with you a little bit, you guys, about this whole brilliance thing, because we know the bullshit inside and out. We know the ways that we block uh, and create barriers to, to God's love, to the divine love. I talk about this all the time. Go back and listen to, I don't know what episode it is, 10 maybe, Stop Cock Blocking God. <laughs> I talk a lot about it there. But I want you to listen to this. And I'm going to read it right off the sheet here because I don't like, when I'm reading directly from A Course in Miracles, I want to make sure I get it right and I'm not paraphrasing, right? So this is lesson 61. I'm going to read kind of slow just so you can receive it because I tend to talk a little fast, okay? Lesson 61 is this. I am the light of the world. And then listen to this. And let me preface this with this, you guys. There is Christian language in like traditional Christian language in A Course in Miracles, but it is not a religion. It is not dogma. It uses this language in a really untraditional way. Don't get hung up on the pronouns. Don't get hung up too much on words like God and Jesus. Just insert the words that make sense for you. You don't like the word Holy Spirit, just say spirit. You don't like God, say goodness, whatever you want, but just get clear. And don't let the message fall away because you're getting hooked by words, okay? So this requires you to be a mature spiritual mind right now, have a maturity about what I'm about to read, okay? So listen to this. Lesson 61, I am the light of the world. Who is the light of the world except God's son? That's what they're saying. Nobody, it's you. <laughs> this then is merely a statement of the truth about yourself. So they're laying it down. You are the light of the world. This is a statement of the truth about yourself. It is the opposite of a statement of pride, of arrogance, or of self-deception. So it goes back to, we're often so afraid to claim I am the light of the world because the world has told us that if you step in your light and your glory, people are going to see you as an obnoxious dick, right? They're going to see you as arrogant or too big for your britches. What A Course in Miracles is saying right here is, no, it's just a statement of truth. You are one of God's kids. It is just a fact, right? Listen to this. It's the opposite of a statement of pride because what you're doing is you're just accepting what is true about you, okay? It does not describe the self-concept you have made. What they mean by that is that you are the light of the world does not describe the concept of yourself that you've made of the ego, with the ego. Because you and the ego, your mind and the ego or the ego mind has convinced you that there's no way you could be the light of the world, right? It says, it does not refer to any of the characteristics with which you have endowed your idols. And it's saying that whatever you have placed on other people or other beings of this world, it's not describing this. What they're saying is you, the son of God, right? Or if you don't like that word, the daughter or the child of God, you are the light of the world. And it refers to you as you are created by God. And it simply states the truth. I just love this. It's non-negotiable. It just states the truth. You are the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And then get this, right? It says to the ego, this idea is the epitome of self-glorification because here's the ego going, don't get too smart. Don't get too clear on who you are, because if you start to accept that you are the light of the world, you won't need me anymore. I won't be special anymore. I won't be the individual anymore. Like, listen to this. But the ego actually doesn't understand humility, okay? It mistakes humility for self-debasement, okay? And it says, humility consists of you accepting your role in salvation and in taking no other. And what it's basically saying is, 
the true humil humility here is in accepting what's true about you. You are the light of the world. And it's, listen to this. I love this line. It's not humility to insist you cannot be the light of the world if that is the function that God assigned to you. Oh, it is not humility to insist that you cannot be the light of the world if that's the function that God gave you. It is only, oh, this is so good. Listen, pay attention. Perk up your little ears. It is only arrogance that would assert this function cannot be for you. And arrogance is always of the ego. Ooh, this is so good. True humility requires that you accept today's idea because it's God's voice which tells you it's true. All right, last thing, listen to this. This truth basically, right? It brings all the images you've made about yourself to the truth and it helps you depart in peace, unburden and certain of your purpose. And you know what your purpose is? That you are the light of the world. That is your only function and that is why you are here. It is so clear, you guys, that what we are is this brilliance that it talks about, this brilliant light that we really are. And we get so distracted and we get so confused about what the advertising and the marketing and the society and your parents and your friends and your teachers and school and everybody's trying to sell you this crap about who you are. When the reality, capital R reality, unchangeable, un well, eternal truth of you is that you are the light of the world. So now I'm going to read to you a quote that Marianne wrote from A Return to Love, right? Which kind of summarizes this in a really beautiful way. And I really want you to hear this, okay? She says this, to remember that you are a part of God, that you are loved and lovable is not arrogant. It's humble. To think you are anything else is arrogant because it implies that you are something other than a creation of God. Love is changeless and therefore so are you. And nothing that you have ever done or will ever do can mar your perfection in the eyes of God. You're deserving in his eyes because of what you are, not because of what you do. What you do or don't do is not what determines your essential value, your growth perhaps, but not your value. And that's why God is totally approving and accepting of you exactly as you are. What's not to like, she says. You are not created in sin. You were created in love. Oh my God. Are you feeling this? Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? Right? This is so important that you get. Because here's the deal, you guys. The ego is only, is, how do I say this? It is, not, it is not arrogant to say that you are a child of God. But it is because that's what you are and that's how you were born. It is incredibly arrogant to think that you could not be that thing. Because what you're suggesting is that you are more powerful than God, that you are more powerful than the creator itself, you are more powerful than love, and that you have the power to create something other than what is the truth. That's the arrogance. It is incredibly arrogant to think that you're not valuable or you're not worthy or you're not good enough or lovable enough. Now, again, you are a perfect child of God and your ego mind, your ego choices, your ego behaviors could use a little work. 
That's the reality down here in the world of duality. In reality, capital L, the truth of you, you are eternal, unchangeable. You're like amazing. <laughs> You're the light of the world. I don't know how else to say it. But here, here, we want to be vigilant for the quality of our thoughts. Because here's the other thing, you guys. If you stop playing dumb about who you really are and you accept the truth of this, you will have to start to show up differently. If you accept that you are the light of the world and that your only job is to extend that light and love, you will behave differently in your relationships. You will behave differently in your business decisions. You will reflect upon how you've been showing up in what you create in the world, your content, why you're putting out, what you're putting out, when you're putting it out, and what purpose does it serve. If you stop playing dumb and stop believing that there's something wrong with you or you're not good enough, and you start to accept the truth of yourself, it is a radical responsibility to say, yeah, I am an extension of the divine. And I often say to my clients, you are a child of God. Start acting like it. Get your ass up off the floor, as they would say, wipe your snot, dry your eyes. And I'm not saying to hurry up your processes of grief. I'm not saying any of that. This is me just kind of joking, being a little blue collar with you. But you accept that you're the light of the world. You get that the things of this world actually can't hurt you, can't harm you. I'm not talking about your body. I'm saying who you really are. Your spirit is unchangeable, unchangeable. You cannot kill it. You cannot hurt it. You cannot maim it. You can't destroy it. It goes on and on and on. And that's another episode for another day too, this concept of the body. What is really the body? If we're not the body, what are we? And then what's the body's purpose? I'm going to do a whole other thing on that. So you guys. Here's the deal. We've got to, if we want to be happy, if we want to be peaceful, which is our natural inheritance, both those things, we've got to accept, all right? We've really got to own your brilliance and your bullshit both, right? Accept the truth of yourself and then take a look in your life at the places where you are not reflecting that truth of brilliance in your life. And then my brother, my sister, choose again. You can always choose differently. You can always have that moment of sanity where you reflect there must be a better way. There must be a different way. And then you call upon your spiritual team for help in shifting your perception and how you see yourself. And look, I get it. There are people who come from abusive childhoods and abusive, excuse me, relationships and homes. And it's been drilled into you for so long that you're not good enough. And you might currently, currently be in a relationship where you are being belittled and manipulated and um, beaten or abused physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, whatever. You might be in a situation where you have not heard the good word in a long time. And so if you're listening to this, and that is true for you, I want you to hear me loud and clear, my sisters and brothers. You are a child of God, no matter what is going on. I don't care about, I care about your circumstances, of course, but I don't care what somebody outside of you is trying to tell you other than the truth of yourself, which is you are loved and love. You are love incarnate and you are loved. You are good. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are valuable. You do matter. You do have worth. The world needs you and we see you and we want to hear you. So I want to get really clear about this brilliance part. Even if you're in a really dark time of your life, do not give up on yourself. 
Do not give up and hear my voice and let it go from my heart right into your heart, from my mind right into your mind, where minds can join and true healing happens. That's where true healing happens on the level of the mind. So I want you to hear me loud and clear. And I don't know why. I'm, they're just telling me right now to say this. My spiritual team is coming through hot right now. And they're like, somebody needs to hear this right now. So I don't know who it is and I don't know who's listening, but I, I'm feeling emotional. So I know that this is true that it's like, I want you to hear me right now. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And we need your light. So please, please, please know that I see you. I feel you. I hear you. You are loved. I love you. And you guys, if you know somebody who needs to hear this right now, will you please, please, please share this episode with them? Send it out. If it resonated with you and you want to let me know, send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Send me an email. Like Contact me through my website. Let me know if any of this landed for you. Uh, those of you at home, I appreciate you so much. Those of you who have been leaving amazing comments and um, you know, getting in touch with me and just telling me the most beautiful and thoughtful things. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your reflections. Um, I love that you take time out of your very busy lives to spend some time with me and my guests. I hope that this is somehow making a difference, that it's helpful or valuable in some way, because that's why I do this. Um, I do have, um, like many of us, right, have, I have a servant's hat and I like to be helpful. I don't sit in this sweaty closet in the middle of the summer in New Hampshire for like just for kicks, right? I'm trying to somehow uh, be useful and to, um, I say, be, be one of God's servants. You know what I mean? So I love you guys. I celebrate you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. You are the light of the world. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the karen kenny show <laughs> i super duper appreciate your time friendship and support and look if something that i shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours i'd love to hear about it so please tag me on facebook or instagram or ig stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you wanna hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>